Welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form, I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're going ape. Shit. Well, I was going to pretend that I couldn't remember what we were doing and then I couldn't come up with a good joke. But yeah, we're covering Marvel Apes this week. Yep. <sighs> oh, you know what I found out this week, Devin? What? You know that really, really weird review that we had? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Biscuits one. Yeah, I yes. found out who did it. Who did it? Tim. Man. See, look, I even called. It was like, I bet that was Tim. And you're like, no, Tim doesn't do that. It was way too weird for Tim, but it was also Dusty involved with that. So hello, well, Tim and that's Dusty. That's not surprising. Yeah, no, no, we uh, finally got together because I've been super busy. Dusty was a big fan of our uh, Secret Wars What If issue where he talked about how like I had gone in on this like, five-minute rant about like my fan shipping ideas and my alternate oh, yeah. universe and then you were just like uh yeah she hulk and johnny storm hooked up or something <laughs> Devin, you lazy lazy person <laughs> that <is> so <laughs> lazy <laughs> it's fine not everyone's amazing and creative like i am it's true uh but yeah this week we're covering marvel he apes likes our space punisher you told me so well, yeah, that was a... He was a fan of Space Punisher. Space Punisher was a great episode. Because, honestly, why would it not be? Mm-hmm. Like, my, I remember my comic store, like, owner was, like, completely crapping on it when it was coming out, that it was, like, a stupid idea, and it's just like, really? Kind of sounds great. No, I like... I get it, but... I thought it was dumb to start as well, but that was just me being an idiot, and also, I don't think I was buying comics at the moment. And then friend of the show, Zaya Grace, bear expert over at Comics Alliance, was like, no, it's really good. And he also told me about the really, really good Thunderbolts arc uh, that I had been missing out on. Jeff Parker Thunderbolts are amazing. Jeff Parker is generally amazing. I know. But yeah. I'm down with that Agents of Atlas from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Which is why when those people, oh, those people are talking about the big two and how they're dying and how they keep making stupid books that no one wants, it's like, shut up, because that's how we get things like Agents of Atlas. So I think one of the bigger problems, I've been listening to a lot of Journey into Misery podcasts, and they did their Hercules and then an Ares special this week, and they're talking about how, like, Bendis used to be putting together a lot of these, like, really obscure heroes or, like, ones that no one else had been using, like the Sentry or Novar or uh, Ares. And, like, giving them a new life, putting them on teams, bringing them to the forefront. And I think we've got a twofold problem where we aren't getting any of the new heroes anymore. And even if we are... Well, no, I, I, I don't... I can't think of a new hero since, like, Miss Marvel and... Yeah. Yeah, Miss Marvel, Sam Alexander, and then Miles. But they aren't really... They're already popular. Well, but they also aren't really full cloth. We aren't getting a lot of miniseries anymore that are introducing new characters. Yeah, that's true. It's a lot of legacy characters, because all those that we named are characters using the names of characters who previously existed. And I think it's part of the difference of the market where they're less willing to take a chance. Which is too bad. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you got really, really good stuff out of there. I finally got around to reading The Century, and it's actually good like despite his horrible horrible appearances and despite me loving age of the century so much more but the century is bad bendis should not have brought him around on his avengers run <sighs> he should have not brought him around 
so much. Because he's OP as fuck. Mm-hmm. But you know who isn't OP as fuck? Who? The Gibbon, Marty Blank. And uh, did you actually read the... Yeah, you probably read the original issues because you got that, like, uh, special trade, right? What, First Appearance of the Gibbon? No, it's actually not in the here. Oh, okay. Because they had made a Marvel Apes number zero, which had some of the weird stuff in it, like the original appearances. I ended up reading those. Oh, okay. Yeah. Written by Stan the Man Lee, with art by John Romita Sr., and letters by John Costanza, where Marty Blank is pretty much this really ugly-looking guy who has the agility of an ape, but he also has, like, the face of an ape. And he's been, like, picked on all of his life. Spider-Man, uh got really pissed off, so he was, like, going to throw away his camera because he realized he hadn't had it turned on in a fight. Marty ends up saving it for him, and Spider-Man's like, oh, yeah, thanks for using your agility and helping me. And Marty, who had had a ape costume from the time he used to be in a circus that ended up not wanting him to be a circus star because he was a freak, he ends up putting on his old Gibbon costume, and he decides to become Spider-Man's partner. Spider-Man doesn't want to have him as the partner. And so he gets really angry and decides to beat up Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man ends up running away because he's got other Spider-Man stuff to do. So Craven the Hunter, who had just gotten back from sort of being killed in the Savage Land, shows up and is like, Hey, you want to teach Spider-Man a lesson? Drink this potion. And so it's sort of like, steroids for him so he gets even stronger but uh craven is able to assert dominance over him and he sends him to kill spider-man and to be then, fair craven asserts dominance over pretty much everyone yeah and he's gonna keep hoping it's gonna be the villain for the next spider-man movie it would be neat it would be fun and it would be different yeah spider-man ends up knocking out the gibbon there's some other stuff that happened but none of that was on marvel unlimited which was unfortunate like when he joined the uh, League of Losers, which had been the Spider-Man Revenge Society. That is sad. Mm-hmm. But our uh, first appearance of this... Like part of that's mentioned in here. So I don't yeah. know anymore. Yeah, no, part of it is mentioned, but, you know, I okay. just wanted to read up more because I think Marty is an interesting character. Yeah, he was fun. Well, he's also a character who has a very visible deformity of his face, which... Really, really changes when you have the uh, Ramon Box coming on as the artist in the actual Marvel Apes series. Mm-hmm. But here it's just, oh, he's a big ugly mug with a sort of generic body shape instead of yep. being a ape without a tail. Which, speaking of, that's another, those are some other characters I want to see back. Speaking of generic mugs with ugly faces, where is my ox, my fancy Dan in Montana? That's who I want. I know. Picture. I was really disappointed when uh, in Lego Marvel Super Heroes, you only got one of them as a costume. Yeah. Though you know what I'm really looking forward to on Tuesday? Oh my god, Lego Avengers. Yeah, I know. Wait. I am pumped. Though I am sad. That, I am sad that the Wii U continues to not have DLC for the Lego games. Because it's like they've got the Thunderbolts one, they've got the Ant-Man one. I think a Guardians of the Galaxy one, though I could be wrong. For the new one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like if you ordered, if you pre-ordered at Best Buy, you could get a Thunderbolts DLC pack for free. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pre-ordered a GameStop so I get an actual Lego Silver Centurion Iron Man. 
I ordered on Amazon and I got it for 20% off. Yeah, I'd already put money down, otherwise I would have totally done that too. Yep. Well, maybe not. I do want that Logan figure. And, yeah, so let's get into our actual story with the introduction of Earth 8101, which is the Marvel Apes Earth. The first you mean Earth Ape 101. It's going to be a long podcast, isn't it, Devin? It is. Um, oh, I, I was going to text you earlier and be like, there's going to be many Clerks Animated Series nicotine fit references. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that. Uh, and you know why not? Nicotine fit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clerks the Animated Series is the best thing that Kevin Smith can put his name onto. But the first appearance was in Amazing Spider-Family number one, which was written by Carl Kessel, with art by Ramon Box, colors by Javier Mina Guerrero, and letters by Jared K. Fletcher. And it starts off as like a parody of Spider-Man number 33, which is the one where like, it's got the famous cover of Spider-Man being crushed under the machinery by Dr. Octopus. And we get his uh, origin story, which is your basic Spider-Man origin, except that he's A, a monkey, B, uh, Uncle Ben believes that there's more than one shooter on JFK, which turns out to be true. And then three, Spider-Man kills the uh, thief who killed Uncle Ben. Oh, he like rips his face off. Yeah. And his life has become chaos because, you know, it's Spider-Man and he's been fighting villains like the Green Goblin, the Lizard. Sandmonk and Kongpin. But recently... Yes. Uh, Dr. Octopus has uh, him trapped under machinery so he can escape with the Serpent Crown and then marry Mae Parker. Which is like, oh, okay. Like, they're combining a whole bunch of Spider-Man storylines. Because that one... is fair, because I mean... They've only got, like, what? Eight issues of this series lasted... Yeah, but I loved that it, it instantly became so complicated. Where it's like, uh, I was trying to find out if Dr. Octopus ever had stolen the Serpent Crown, and I could not find any information that he had. No, yeah. Though it does have me interested in the uh, Atlantis Attacks story, which we'll have to cover when our big season is done. I have that series, actually. That's like the like epitome, that is like my favorite epitome of grabbing random issues out of the dollar bin at different uh, comic stores. Mm-hmm. It was always when I was growing up, it was like I would always have like money to buy one or two issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like I would never have the time to like always go and buy like a series month after month. So I would always grab annuals because it gave me the most bang for my buck. And somehow you ended like getting the entire series? There were like eight of the issues. I think there's like 12. Yeah, like, was, like I have to like make a list of which ones I own. So like every time I see them, I'll just grab them. Just like, oh hell yeah! Yeah, no, I I've become that way about Marvel What Huh because no one collects Marvel What Huh. Yeah, and it's really hilarious to see how much derision there is towards the fans in those series. Because yeah, it's Atlantis Attacks, and then there was uh, Evolutionary whatever, War. Whatever the High Evolutionary one was. Evolutionary War. Yeah, Evolutionary War. Those are the two that I have a lot of. Spider Monkey is being crushed under the machinery. He's reflecting on all of his failures and he's trying to draw strength from him. And then all of a sudden he moves it. Except that it turns out that it was Apex, which is another Apex. Because the last one we saw was in the Squadron Supreme issue. Yep. And this Apex is a gorilla in a luchador mask. 
because in this universe, Spider-Monk is a Avenger, and so Apex and Speedball are there to help him out. And they already ended up getting the Serpent Crown from Dr. Ook, so, so he's now rampaging downtown. And I really liked this preview story because it's like, I had read uh, Marvel Apes before, and I had read this, and it's like, oh, all of this leads into the next story. Oh, yeah. And so, Marvel Apes uh, is written again by Carl Kessel, with art by Ramon Box, colors by Javier Mena Guerrero, and letters by Jared K. Fletcher, and starts off with Red Ghost and his super apes attacking a bank, and Marty Blank, the Gibbon, is there, and he's ready to stop them, and unfortunately the Avengers come in, and we get a quick recap of his life where he had been an orphan uh he always looked well my recap is more from the reading the spider-man issues where he was an orphan he never got adopted he was made fun of because he looked like an ape and yeah lots of weird stuff happens marvel unlimited needs more of his stories and you should be able to look up the gibbon in the marvel apes or in the marvel unlimited wikia or in the marvel unlimited search function because He's an interesting guy. And then there's also him and the Spider-Man Revenge Squad. Yep. A bunch of losers, with the exception of Spot. Yeah. I do love Spot. Oh, who doesn't love Spot? There have been several issues where, I mean, he's, like, scary powerful. Yeah, well, I think it was the Daredevil issue that, like, really redefined him, though. Yeah. And uh, since we had last seen him, he had mutated further, so he pretty much looks like a tailless ape. And needing money, he signed up for tests at State University with Dr. Fiona Fitzhugh. Uh, because they're looking for people with superpowers. And the doctor has noticed that his aura is weird, and so she ends up bringing him to IDEA, which is the Interdimensional Experimental Access. And she's sort of a Reed Richards, where she doesn't think of any of the consequences of her actions. We also find out that she's received the Reed Richards Fellowship for Multidisciplinary Excellence, which means that she's a comic book scientist, which means that she's she knows good at... everything. Exactly. And she turns on the machine and it almost fries her, uh, but Marty ends up saving her. And then when he tries to turn off the machine by just flipping a random lever, he gets struck by a bolt of energy, and the two of them get sucked through a portal and find themselves in a massive jungle city filled with vines, uh, plants, and apes. And a bunch of apes that it sends immediately start freaking out because Fiona is human, and that don't look right. Nope. Also, Gibbon had been nude previously, so... Uh, no, he has pants. Yeah, because uh, they're like running through the town trying to find a place to uh, be less conspicuous. So, like, she gets dressed up in a hoodie so no one can see her face. And it turns out that they are in Monkhattan. And Fiona thinks that the machine must have focused on his body signature, which is why they're in a world full of ape people instead of, like, a world full of smart scientists who could immediately send them home. And while continuing down the street, they happen to find the continuing fight of Doc Ook. Who where is... Apex and Spider Monkey are now teamed up with Speedball. I love Speedball so much. Me too. 
Like, this got me in the mood to read a, just a bunch of happy, happy comics with speedball laughter, so I, like, read the West Coast Avengers stuff. And I think there's probably a, a few people who aren't familiar with speedball. Speedball sort of caused a massive explosion that started the Civil War of superheroes the first time. No, actually, to be fair, he was the one who caused it. But he, he took the blame because he was, like, the main survivor. Well, he was the only survivor. Yeah. Of the New Avengers, or New Warriors, rather. Yeah, because, like, Speedball, he has the power to bounce around and make energy balls, and he has a cat named Niles who has the same powers, and, like, he's a fun character. He's a happy character. He's, like, Squirrel Girl's favorite superhero. Yep. And... Is he happy again yet? Yeah, yeah, no, he, uh, joined the Avengers Academy, and he became a teacher. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Because, yeah, because we had a depressing time as Penance, the dumbest character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in one of the ends. <laughs> such a dumb like, storyline. <laughs> I'm going to hurt myself to use my powers because that'll help me reflect on my badness. Well, it was even better in uh, the West Coast Avengers stuff because Squirrel Girl tries to seek him out and she finds him with his cat who's now... Uh, uh, the Penitent Puss, which is a cat in a penitent suit as well. <laughs> oh, that is great. <laughs> yeah. Great Lakes Avengers is an amazing series. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, while they're fighting, uh, Ook has them at a standstill, so Marty ends up hiding Speedball in Fiona's hoodie. So when Ook goes out to strike her, he instead gets his uh, tentacle reflected back at him, knocking him out. And Spider-Monkey asks him to accompany them to the Ape Avengers. And they, like, suddenly see Fiona, and he's like, oh, she's my sister from Oklahoma. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. And, like, they're weirded, but not super surprised. And Speedball's like, oh, I can take her to Reed Richards. And so Marty ends up going with Spider-Monk and... Uh, Apex. Apex to the Ape Avengers Tower where they meet some of the Avengers like Gorilla and Quicksilver and Scarlet and Mandrill and Juggermonk. We hear references to Sandmonk and Boomerangatang, which Boomerangatang is the best. He was. And Captain America. And we find out that the reason that they have villains on their team is that they believe in rehabilitating people. And... They're like, oh, so what would your name be if you were a superhero? And he's like, ah, uh, the Gibbon. And everyone just laughs at him. Because it's like, you're a Gibbon, that can't be your name. Only Spider-Monkey can get away with that crap. Yeah. And then he gets to meet Captain America, who says that Gibbon reminds him of an old friend from back in the war. Meanwhile, Speedball... Could it be Bucky? Yes, it, it, it's Bucky. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, Speedball took Fiona to the Fantastic Four, where Reed thinks that, like, she wants to be turned back into an ape. Because it turns out that Sue Storm was turned human when she gained her invisibility powers in the flight. Which... Yeah, that's one of my favorite douchey Reed Richards moments. And thank God she got that invisibility power so we don't have to see her. <laughs> he is... He's a jerk. And, Doesn't matter what universe. Yep. Well, except, except for the one universe where he actually did love Sue. Oh, that's true. 
And, but the universe got destroyed, so. Yeah, but, you know, maybe Reed actually made one. Because, I mean, it's... No, because Reed has to be the one who creates it. He's not going to think of that. <laughs> well, I thought Franklin was helping him. That's true. Hey, Daddy, I made a world where it's just like I think your relationship with Mommy is. No! I don't think so, son. I'm going to undo it. It'd be like the uh, Rick and Morty where their parents end up going in for uh, relationship help. And they, uh, what a great episode. The uh, idealized versions of them show up. Yeah, that oh, was man. Speaking of Rick and Morty, have you been playing Pocket Mortys? Nope. Oh, man. I've, I've heard about it, but I've been busy. It's very fun. That's what I've heard. And so Captain America ends up bringing Marty down to the trial of Ook. And because he's belligerent and he refuses to reform, he ends up sicking the ape Avengers onto him, and they beat him near to death. And then yep. the ape invaders, Namor, Red Raven, Toro, and Bucky, specifically not the Human Torch, show up and talk about what they're going to do with him, and Marty just, like, walks out of the room feeling shaken. We find out that Ape X and Spider Monkey have never actually been down there before, and that's when Fiona and Speedball end up showing back up, and they reveal that, oh yeah, no, we are from another dimension. She's not just a weird-looking ape. And Captain America ends up hearing this, and he's interested in it. And they're pretty much stuck while uh, alternate universe Reed Richards is working on a new portal to get them home. And so we just get some moments where the monkeys are talking. We find out that in the 616 there is no Apex. And Apex in this universe is Roy Orena, who has a magical Mexican wrestling mask that turns him into a gorilla. Because normally he's just another chimpanzee without it. So as uh, Speedball and Marty and the rest of them are having lunch, Wolverine runs through and he's a ex-ape, which means that he's an outcast. So the apes go after him, and Marty, who is really doesn't want to see Wolverine get brought to a trial, ends up knocking Wolverine out or away so he can escape. Uh, and then they get word that the gateway is finished. And when Marty arrives, he finds out that the Frightful Four have been threatening to attack Monkhattan. So they've all been called away. And Fiona's there, and Marty is just like, we need to leave now. And she tries to open up the gateway, but it's not going to work because he's more like this universe. And this is when Captain America shows up, and he sees a and he sees a human trying captain. To escape on me, boy. What? Then you trying to escape on me, boy? And uh, he sees a human Captain America and attacks Marty until Reed Richards shows up, and it turns out that he's aware that this Captain America is actually a vampire. And he tries to stake Captain America, but Cap is stronger and he just, like, murders Reed Richards with the stake. Which actually surprised me when that happened, because it's just like, oh, I actually didn't know Reed could die like that. Yeah. His elast elasticity and, like, everything is, like, very fluctuating. Context relevant. Yep. And Marty tells Fiona to hide, but the other invaders, who are also all vampires, show up. Fiona tries to pretend that she also has powers like Sue Storm because she's a human. 
and uses a flash so they can escape, but Speedball shows up and knocks out Marty. Uh, Cap ends up having Bucky mess with the cameras, and he has a press conference where they pin the death of Reed Richards on Marty, and says that they need to attack the 616 because Marty and Fiona are spies, and they need to make a preemptive strike. And from that, Marty wakes up from his little knockout dream, to see Speedball with other members of the Outcasts, such as Wolverine, the Hulk, Ghost Rider, Iron Fist, and a whole bunch of other characters. Uh, do they Marty, have Andre? Team up with us, or you're gonna die. Does Outcast also have Andre 3000? It does. He's in the back. That would be amazing if that was true. It's true. But really, it's all about Big Boy. Mm hmm. And meanwhile, uh, Captain America has been interrogating Apex, who's trying to get information to try and find out where the outcasts are. Also, here he says, instead of God help them, Darwin help them, checkmate, ape theists. <laughs> so Marty tries to run away from the ex-apes uh, at first because, like, there's Ghost Rider and Iron Fist and Wolverine. But uh, he ends up finally being told to calm down and Dr. Druid, with his monkey's paw, uh, is the magic liaison because Dr. Strange had died making this safe house for them. And we find out the secret history of Captain America. Previously, in The Invaders, Captain America was doing all his Captain America-y things with the invaders. Hitler's been defeated, and he's going after Baron Zemo. Baron Zemook. What? Baron Zemook. Baron Zemook. When he finally catches up with Baron Zemook, turns out he's already dead because of Zemook's other ally, Baron Blood. The Nazi vampire. The Nazi vampire. And basically, Baron, uh, Baron Blood is able to take over Captain America's like physical form because he can transform his appearance after draining Captain America of his blood, which gives him the super soldier serum. He then goes on to try and transform the rest of the invaders into vampires, where they then lay waste to all those damn Nazis. Well, and they also destroy the Human Torch, because he's an android. That's true. You can't and... have that around. So then when Nick Fury finally shows up days later, he's just like, oh, damn, everyone's dead. And Captain America's body was never found. And Baron Blood ended up taking his place as Captain America. Yep. And because he's a super vampire, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses, like... Some. And he has a reflection. So Marty reveals that he knows where Captain America should be. And that's when Speedball reveals that he knows that Blood plans to invade the 616. So with help from Bruce Bananer, they find Captain America, but the invaders show up to fight until Cap gets freed. And the invaders end up escaping with Marty and Fiona. Marty wakes up in the clutches of Apex and the Ape Avengers, and he can't really prove Cap is a vampire because he's got a reflection and the sunlight doesn't burn him. And Fiona says that she'll open up the portal to save Marty, which goes against Marty's secret plan, and Cap ends up uh, preparing his invasion. But just before Fiona opens up the portal, Speedball and the uh, ex-apes show up, which messes up Marty's plan. Uh, the apes fight, Speedball tries to fight Baron Blood, 
and blood like throws Captain America's shield at him, which ends up bouncing back to the real Captain America. And the invaders show up, and the teams are in this all-out brawl. Baron blood bites Speedball, not so he's going to turn into a vampire, but so he's going to bleed out instead. And Fiona ends up opening the portal, that way she can save him. Before Marty sneaks up and tries to stake Baron Blood, missing his heart completely. Yep. Getting mostly in the shoulder. Yeah. So Marty, Fiona, and Speedball escape because Apex goes ape on Baron Blood. And the portal explodes, taking Apex with it. And the apes wonder what other uh, cures and things they could find in the 616 world. Realizing that they still want to go through. And all the invader vampires are dead, with the exception of Bucky. Because Uh Cap can't bring himself to kill his little pal. And so Speedball is now back in a hospital in the 616 universe, where he's really worried about the other apes coming through, because they have very savage rules and savage laws. And so he decides to stay in the world for the meantime. And we get a series of scenes where the human version of Roy Arena in the 616 finds the Apex mask. Marty and Fiona realize they saved the world and are in love with each other. And then we end the issue with Speedball showing up to join the Avengers. And all of them just awkwardly staring at him. Which is an amazing scene. As a backup feature, we had the official history of the Marvel Apes universe, which was written by Tom Pyre with art by Barry Kitson, colors by Chris Sotomayor, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. And we find out that the Celestials experimented on the inhabitants of Earth, which ended up in two different groups. The Simian Eternals and the Human-like Deviants. And it's really weird because the Watcher is drunk the entire time. Yep. So, like, he goes from here to talk about Matt Hawk, the two-gun chimp, who was the first hero, who ended up working with the Rawhide Chimp, who is the West's most flamboyant Avenger. To take down Jesse James and his rats, who turned out to just be chimps who were cursed by Navajo Indians. And also there's references to the Rawhide Chimp being, and Two-Gun Chimp both being gay, because this was around that time that the uh, gay Rawhide Kid series came out. Yes. It's hard to believe that was only like seven years ago and it was that bad. Yeah. And then we get Captain America uh, punching out Ape Hitler, which is amazing. Yep. And this, oh, absolutely. And it leads to the Marvel Age of Apes. And, uh, like, Ape Watcher ends up getting more and more drunk, so he, like, gets distracted thinking about the Wasp. And we get the story of Thor Rangatang, who ends up getting cursed to Earth since he lacks humility. And he laughs because his dad has made him a surgeon in Manhattan, which should be Monkhattan. Yes. And he's going to make I, a bunch of money. I did love that. Yeah. It was like, I feel like Dad forgets how much surgeons make. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Monkhattan. Exactly. And Ape Watcher sort of knocks himself out, and when he gets back, he's talking about Iron Mandrill in Secret Wars 2, where Iron Man, who is now sober, ends up just getting his head enough together that he realizes the inherent flaws of these big superhero fights. So he just vaporizes the Beyonder. They're just like, wait, Iron Man shouldn't be that powerful. Well, I guess I'm just skipping ahead. Yep. 
And our final scene is about the 2099 Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four 2099, which is Doctor Strange 2099, Jean Grey 2099, Ghost Rider 2099, and Nick Fury 2099, who are on alert because of the threat of Grey Lactus, a giant Galactus specifically designed to kill Jean Grey. Ghost Rider loves Jean Grey, so he ends up teleporting her to hell to escape the threat. And because Jean Grey is in hell, Grey Lactus isn't able to kill her, and so she does something. And then the Watcher ends up uh, ending his story. Yeah, because the Watcher Watcher shows up to watch the Watcher watching. It's weird. It's weird. It was weird. And weirdly, if you're following along and reading on Marvel Unlimited, the backup feature for the first issue is not on there. But if you go to the Marvel Wikia, you can find the pages there, which is what I had to do because I don't have the books. Yeah. And for some reason, had the trade. And it's not on Comicsology. It's not. Nope. Like no. none of this is because I was trying to find if it was because then I would have just bought the issues. Oh. But there's a lot of issues with like uh, missing backup features, like the one that had the uh, Young Avengers and Runaways team up. The what if. Like oh, I noticed that the other day when I was flipping through some of the What Ifs on Unlimited. Mm-hmm. You know how there wasn't a cover for um, What If Gwen Stacy Had Lived? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's magically there now. Maybe they're listening. Yep. And uh, this brings us into a series of four like follow-up issues, the first of which is Marvel Apes Speedball by Carl Kessel. But they our... try to pretend is like a bunch of one-offs but they are not if you do not actually read all of these you will be incredibly lost yeah and like Marvel Ape Speedball is actually missing from Unlimited right now which yeah. is sort of frustrating and uh, it was written by Carl Kessel with art by Ramon Box colors by Javier Mena Guerrero and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga <gasps> and we start off with Marty and Fiona finding out that they're able to send Speedball home. Speedball gets home, Apex finds him, declares him a traitor, and then like all the super apes descend down on him to kill him. But it turns out it was just a dream, because Speedball is now in Camp Hammond with the Avengers Initiative, along with other characters like Gorilla Girl, Fambula Eddie, who can turn into a gorilla. Uh, our sort of friend Eric O'Grady... No, he's friend. Yeah, uh, Prodigy. And, World's uh, Ant-Man. Yep. And at this time, the Avengers Initiative is being led by Taskmaster. Uh, O'Grady is being a jerk because he's like, oh, you smell so bad. You're a monkey. You keep screaming at night because you're having horrible nightmares about murdering. And so, like, he gets into an argument and Speedball is just being a jerk. So Gorilla Girl ends up punching him in the face. It turns out that the Baldwins, the, like, family of the human Speedball, show up. Because at the time, everyone thought he was dead. Whoa, 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 you missed the important part. Oh. Speedball was being a jerk because he wanted to punch Eric O'Grady, but every time he kept trying to hit him, he would just shrink and get out of the way. So once he bounced off of Gorilla Girl's punch, he ends up smashing into O'Grady, just as he had planned. Okay. Well, I, I, I had to, like, read through these a lot faster, so. Okay. Yeah, so the Baldwins have shown up because they've gotten an email about Speedball being alive. And they're like, 
This is not funny. That's a gorilla in the costume of our son who is a superhero. And we're now ashamed of. Yeah. And so he ends up explaining that he's from another universe and that his parents are just like them. And they're sort of like, okay, we appreciate that. And Taskmaster realizes that Eric O'Grady was the guy who emailed them. And so he ends up being like, okay, you've got to run away for three hours or everyone else is going to try and catch you. Otherwise, you're going to be in more trouble. And uh, then he goes over to Speedball, who is like, yeah, you're, you're out of the camp. But here, I found out about this other ape superhero, so you should go and hunt him down. And he goes to visit uh, Fiona, who has been working on a making larger produce with pen particles. And she quickly throws together a super ape tracker. And so he finds where uh, the giant gorilla had been hanging out. But it turns out it isn't Apex. It's one of Red Ghost's super apes. And Red Ghost is like, oh, you have this thing that helped me find super monkeys? I'm going to take this. And it gets really weird here because... Uh, well, for one thing, we find out that the Red Ghost of... The ape universe doesn't actually have super apes. He has super dogs. And uh, Apex shows up. But like Speedball and Apex aren't really ready to work as a team. Because Apex isn't familiar with his powers. And all of a sudden Speedball and Red Ghost start to fade away. Back into the ape universe. And so they're talking to people in the ape universe. But people in the 616 can listen to them. And still sort of see them. Yeah. And Red Ghost ends up pushing himself all the way through the universe. Uh, but there's a explosion. Uh, Speedball uh, ends up being fully back on the 616. And he finds Roy and returns the Apex mask to him uh, after the uh, fight. And he decides they can work together before Red Ghost shows back up. Since now he realizes he can transport between the universes... But he needs Speedball as a compass. And they end up teleporting away, leaving Roy with the Super Apes. And meanwhile, another Earth is keeping track on this Earth. The 616. One who looks a lot like Hank Pym. With an oddly rotting face. Yep. I wonder what it's going to be. The next issue is The Amazing Spider-Monkey by Carl Kessel. With pencils by Riley Brown. Inks by Victor Olazaba. Uh, colors by Chris Sotomayor and Dave Sharp on letters. And we start off with Spider-Monkey fighting an ape. And the crowd is pretty much calling him to kill this like street-level criminal. And even the police are willing to let him do it. But Spider-Monkey refuses. He goes to the Ape Avengers where it looks like Sandmonk and Wolverine are having this big brawling battle. And he freaks out, but it turns out they were sort of just messing around, but... They're just all Wolverine very, very cards. What? It was because Wolverine cheats at cards. Yeah. And Sandmonk got pissed. Yeah. And the Ape Avengers have been working on a new portal to break through to the 616, but it ends up crashing, and they decide they need a real human, or at least Marty, to make it work. And we get a flashback to when Marty was still in the world, with him and Spider-Monk hanging out, and Marty is really freaked out that Spider-Monk is totally down to kill people. And Marty's like, you're not a real Spider-Man. And, and Spider-Monkey gets sad. Mm-hmm. 
And so the Ape Avengers are realizing they need to look for, like, non-ape universes because they are having issues finding the human world. But they get called down to fight uh, what Wolverine calls the Master Brotherhood of Evil Apes or something. Which includes yeah. the Wrencher, who is an alternate version of the Wrecker because he has a monkey wrench instead of a crowbar. Shang Chi-Chi, the master of Kong Fu. Batruk, the absorbing Mandrill. Titanape and Tigerilla. And uh, so it's this big battle. Shang Chi-Chi and Spider-Man get in a fight. And Shang Chi-Chi uh, explains that he just wants to bring in a new law where it's no longer going to be the jungle world. It's going to be justice sort of being the rule instead. And uh, Spider-Monkey is sort of interested in that. But they both get knocked out. Captain America puts a stop to that. Yeah. And so back at the tower, the portal ends up working, and the Red Ghost and Speedball start to show up. And this was when they had vanished the first time. Speedball reveals that they want to kill him for being a traitor. But Spider-Monkey ends up breaking the portal to save him. And all the other Avengers are like, oh, well, you're a traitor too. So he ends up attacking Bruce Bananer to cause him to turn into the Hulk. And realizes that if he really wants to be a hero, he's going to have to be merciful. And we then find out that Red Ghost and Speedball did end up back in the universe. But so had the Marvel Zombies. Bum bum bum. Oh no. And so the next issue is Marvel Apes Gruntline. Which was written by Carl Kessel with art by... Riley Brown, Joe Souter, uh, inks by Walden in Paris, colors by Fabella and Massa, and Dave Sharp on the letters, and it's picking up after Speedball, where Ape X has put his mask back on to try and fight the super apes, and he gets his butt kicked, but he also realizes that he can understand them, since now he is an ape. But then Hammer ends up appearing and knocks all of them out, and uh, we cut to the Daily Bugle where Jane Potter is trying to get Robbie Robert. Frontline. Daily Bugle is no more right now. What? Frontline. Daily Bugle is no more right now. Oh, right. So, so that is why this issue is called Gruntline. I thought it was because they normally had, like, the Frontline tie-ins to events. Yeah, because Frontline is the name of the newspaper. I thought it was Daily yeah. Bugle. Nope. Because Dexter Bennett takes over the Daily Bugle after Marla Jameson sells it to him because it keeps stressing Jonah out too much, and Jonah gets super pissed. But then Dexter Bennett basically just wants to turn it into a celebrity rag magazine. So everyone, so um, Ben Urich and uh, Robbie end up quitting and form their own paper. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Jane Potter is trying to get Robbie Robertson to help her on a story to track down Apex that uh, Marty had set her on, but he's really not having it, so Marty ends up calling Gorilla Girl for help. Meanwhile, Roy Arena has been captured by Milton Horak, wants to know more about the mask, because he's with Project Aesop, which uh, is like a secret subdivision of Hammer that Hammer doesn't even know about. Uh, Hammer was the evil version of S.H.I.E.L.D. that existed when Norman Osborn took over the government. Or took over S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, he was given control. Yeah. And everyone loves him. Yeah. 
and Horak is trying to find out if they can get energy from other worlds. And it turns out they've already captured Uktron, who is the ape version of Ultron who had ended up in their universe. Gibbon, Gorilla Girl, and Jane break in, and they free Roy, who accidentally attacks him, until he realizes they're all working with him. He gets his mask back, and they end up rescuing the super apes. They have Uktron lock down the base on the enemies, and when they're trying to open up a portal, that way they can escape. This is what Horak had been wanting, so he ends up using a robot suit, uh, because Marty's bio-signature is able to open up the portal. But they team up and destroy the portal, and that's when the Marvel zombies show up there as well. And they destroy evil robot Ooptron. Yep. Which means it's like, what, what was Horak's like, whole plan there? Did he like not see the fact that Apex was going to just destroy Ooptron? Well, uh, it wasn't a good plan. It was a bad plan. I don't know. I expect more from Hammer. I don't. I don't. Storm and Norman would not have put up with that type of crap. Well, that's why it was a secret division. It was a secret super division. Well, Horak, I mean, it's Norman knew about it. It was just most of Hammer did not know. Okay. Well, they... He... It, well, I don't think he knew what was going on, so... Uh, yeah, up next we have the backup features from those three issues, which was Charles Darwin Presents by Tom Pyre, with pencils by Chad Heron, inks by Walden Wong, colors by Chris Sotomayor, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And it turns out that... Interrupt you for a second, Luke, because you did forget how the book really ends. How? The last book ends with them all smelling death, and you see the shadows of Wolverine and Captain America. As zombies. Okay. Yep. So, Charles Darwin is kidnapped in 1862 by the Ancient One who doesn't like that Darwin needs empirical evidence for his theories. And so to pretty much mess with him, he ends up sending him to the ape universe in modern times where Darwin immediately starts fighting uh, apes. And he Captain America Hitler punches out a uh, lady chimpanzee the simian torch ends up showing up to save him and bringing him back where he finds sue storm who he immediately like is like oh you're beautiful ma'am and human and simian torch is like dude that's my sister you're weird and meanwhile luuki and the ape chantress are wanting to cause mischief so they end up splitting charles darwin into, into three versions a Ape Charles Darwin, a human Charles Darwin, and a super evolved Charles Darwin. And like two weeks later, the Charles Darwins plus Sue and Johnny have gone to Ape Scarred and beat up Luuki and the Ape Chantress. And super uh, advanced Charles Darwin ends up blasting normal Charles Darwin with a ray that ends up turning him into the low evolutionary. And that's all I have to say about that. Yep. And then the last series was Marvel Apes Prime Ape, which was written by Carl Kessel, with pencils by Todd Nauck, inks by Jamie Mendoza, colors by Chris Sotomayor, and letters by Dave Sharp. And Iron Man was having nightmares about zombies, and he ends up getting called in by Nick Fury to fight the Hulk before being joined by the Silverback Surfer, who gets everyone to cool down. And then Nick Fury 20... Go ahead. We did have one of my favorite Iron Man moments, though. 
which is the Soviet Union has just fallen. And he's like, I like when the Soviet Union falls because now I can hook up with all the Russian girls. And because they're Russian, they will always say their names so I don't have to remember them. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Like having, oh, because she has like things, come, Ukla make better. It's like, oh, Tony Stark, such a dick. And so Nick Fury 2099, who's the daughter of current Nick Fury, shows up and they organize a meeting with Black Bolt, Kliuk, Professor Charles Xapier, and Doctor Doom, because uh, she's aware that this is when the zombie invasion starts and she wants to try and prevent it. And they need to protect Doctor Doom from being turned into a zombie, otherwise because he's got magic, technology blood sex sugar magic uh it would cause the rest of the world to fall and doom is like oh i know what i can do i can siphon the powers from the silverback surfer and everyone's like that's not a really good idea and they end up finding that the zombies are already in there and they have murdered speedball and uh, he's been killed by the zombie force of Giant Man, Wolverine, Iron Man, Wasp, Triton of the Inhumans, and Captain Rectitude. Who is the only one who has remorse for eating flesh. And so the uh, group that is called the Prime Apes uh, end up fighting. And in the fight, Doctor Doom is pretty much left to be murdered. Because they're like, oh, well... If they completely eat him, or if there's not enough left for him to become a zombie, then we'll all be fine. But it turns out that it was all a ruse. Silverback Surfer combines the portal energy that had been left to completely open up the gateway, and all the zombies are sent back through with a helpful... Go! Set by Black Bolt. Dr. Doom walks away because he's like, Oh, well, I guess you're probably not going to let me siphon Silverback Surfer's powers anymore. And then it turns out that Nick Fury 2099 had been bitten, which means that she's actually patient zero. But Iron Man will just kills her, presumably stopping the need for her to come back in the future in the first place, which no one's really sure what's happening. And Iron Man will flies home, and it turns out that he was bitten by the wasp during the fight, uh, the zombie wasp, and so now he's a zombie no one else knows, and he's presumably going to cause the zombie apocalypse. How'd I do? You did well. That's pretty much how it ends. Yeah. So this has been... Uh, Which is like, I wish it had been like one more issue or something, just kind of to give a little bit more closure on like all the storylines. Yeah. Like, I, I think there should have been another one at least, but there was not. There was not. Because like, have we even seen Gibbon since then? I don't think so. I haven't seen him in anything. Uh, I am quickly looking it up. And I don't know, I would have liked to have seen Speedball go down a little bit cooler than the way they did. Yeah, no, like, dying essentially off-panel. We don't find out what happens to Red Ghost, so he did show up again. It's... Because, yeah, Red Ghost is another character. Mm Mm-hmm. That we did not see. And then, um... Oh, I guess the big thing with this was, like, they keep, like, advertising, like, they're all a bunch of one-shots, but they really needed to be read all of to actually understand anything. Mm-hmm. I will say, I feel like it was best that I read them out of order, because I ended up reading Spider-Monkey first, because 
There's no indication that they are in any sort of order. Yeah, no, that's what it happened like with me. Made the first issue make more sense when you just see Red Ghost and Speedball talking off panel to just a bunch of people. Yeah. You can't see. It's just like, oh, now that I've read the Spider Monkey issue first, I understand what he's doing. Where I feel like if I had actually read the Speedball issue first, it would have just made no sense. Uh, I'm not really sure what's happened to the given since then because uh oh uh he apparently sold his costume to uh hobgoblin during axis oh no that makes oh i think i I do remember that i guess he's sort of a villain again which is frustrating because it's like they they gave him a really good character arc in this oh shit no apparently there is one we could have figured out what there's a Marvel Zombies Evil Evolution. Ah, okay, well, when we cover Marvel Zombies sometime in the future, we'll we'll find out what happened. Yep. Apparently that does cover what went down. Okay. Well, for now, let's put up uh, our Marvel Apes universe, which is Earth 8101. Ape 101. Uh-huh. So... Uh, I'm really conflicted on how I feel. Like, it it was definitely more than just, oh, what if the Avengers were apes? Also, some of them are vampires and stuff. But, like, those storylines were really, really intense. Yes. And I don't think the art necessarily served it the best at times. It depended on which series. Yeah. Well, like, the uh, Gruntline issue seemed to take forever. And the Gruntline one, too, that was, like... I mean, it was, like, borderline to be, like, manga, almost. Well, I... No, I like the artists who did the uh, work for that, because they also did a bunch of issues of, uh... The Initiative, which is, like, one of my favorite series. Well, it's not that the art was bad, it's just I don't know if it fit this particular series. Well, yeah, and it was also, like... Ten times wordier than the other, sh- than any- also. Uh, yeah. I thought the Spider Amazing Spider Monkeys art was good. Mm-hmm. I thought the Charles Darwin backup art was very good. Yeah. Well, our current dividing line would be uh, like one fifteen. So is it better or worse since Sue Storm became the thing? Oh, better. Like, I mean, I really did still enjoy this one. It's just not make... I would say, like, what's in between top quarter and second quarter? Uh, okay. Uh, is it better than Magic Left the Morlock Kids in Limbo? Yeah. Is it better than Sunfire's Homeworld? Yeah. I don't think it's better than the next one, which is my Secret War shipping chart. And yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay. So that makes Marvel like a five minute rant. <laughs> yep. So that makes Earth A one oh one uh our new number sixty three Marvel Apes. For more information about Multiversal Q, including our image galleries, including a few image galleries that we had fallen behind on, and for our trials of the Multiverse list, you can visit us at multiversalq.com. 
If you have any questions, you can email us at multiversalq.com. This includes if you want us to uh, write about any specific universes or even come up with stuff. And that's just multiversalq at gmail.com. We love getting emails. It, it makes my day. If you enjoy the podcast, you can help us out by leaving a review on iTunes. If you do leave a review on iTunes, we will read it out on the air, no matter how weird it is. Thank you, Tim and Dusty. And then, Devin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at FredOfet, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And you can find me online at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. We are part of the Stuff Productions, and you can find the other podcast that I am in charge of, which is Nerd Scenarios. Uh, if you look up Nerd Scenarios online, uh, that wraps us up for this week. We'll join you next week for Exiles, and then we're getting into some really big stuff with that Deadpool movie coming out. We've got a Deadpool special and uh, some other big stuff. So until then, ook you later. That's a good monkey sound, Devin. Thank you.